our loved one, Wade Lowry. Continuing, Wilma Kelly, Jerry Cronk, Daryl Staten, Carl John Cruz Jr., Tom Lampkin, Sandy Vinson, Calvin Carr, Edward Melansky, Katherine Anderson, Karen Lindstrom, Pat Barch, Dremus Sickles, Wilma Billy Woodring, Darwin Dobb Howry, Mildred Arndt, Galen Strain, Madge Shell, Stephanie Lynn DeBoard, Helene Brennan, Bill Tharp Jr., Steve Lenich, Harriet Lentz, Jerry Breeze, Brian Butch White, Maurice Mathias, Ontario Steed, Dixie Finn, John Groves, Josephine Cannon, Cheryl Spencer, Marjorie High, Sherry Jacobs, John Holland, Dale Bill Leggett, Forrest Butch Pope, Marion Theory, Larry Jackson, Irene Bynum, Iris Thorpe, Terry Hogan, Nancy Whitecotton, Nettie Davenport, Carmen Robin, Jack or John Jack Thomas, Jeff Crang, Charlene Patterson, Norma Rich, Sig Norrington, Clayton Proctor, John Shinneman, David Evans, Wanda Wilson, Juanita Crow, Wilma Powers, William Cooper, Raymond Lee Rhodes, Doug Fleming, Jean Church, Tim Greenwood, Travis Talley, Lloyd Fagerstrom, Carolyn Campbell, Dwayne Avery, Delmer Foster, Linda Robinson, Ed Wilkins, Mary Foster, Sharon Webb, Edward Bacon, Kathy Kirchgessner, Richard Carr, Louise Archie, Clifford Moore, Betty Hendricks, Dale Weichel, Lucille Miller, Mary Porter, Agnes Myers, Carl Davidson, Dale Fleischauer, Robert Grover, Russell Rusty Finfrock, Charles Freck Cooper, Elizabeth Sissy Nelson, Rhonda Hammer, Cecil Shaw, Kenneth Ike Burke, Lester Thorpe, Anita Boyer, Glenda Sissy Sears, Clarence Hicks, Nancy Gregory, Esau Riggs, Twyla Jean Tompkins, Susan Payette, Daniel Hagler, Alice Moit, Tom Tuggle, Donna Briggs, 
Betty Anderson, Virginia Wickenhauser, Wilma Parrish, Diane Eisenstadt, Rebecca Samuel Ferguson, Laura Kortz, Tom Cooper, Collie Kitson, Mary Foster, Glenn Reynolds, Charles Newman, Bill Cox, Nola Carr, Margie Hoke, Marilyn Gould, Fern Theory, Kara Muntz, Bill Blankenship, Heath Sanders, Thelma Carr, Lynn Franklin, Robert Robinson, Martha Pence, Betty Francis, Tom Thompson, George Devers, Joyce Wismiller, Robert Young, and the last name on our list, as you saw on the screen, whose services will be held here Tuesday morning, Rose Baylor. Let's bow together. Our Father, we give thanks for the promise of your word. We long for the day when we shall finally be at peace, when all the mysteries will be made plain, and when the long days of separation will end. Comfort us, Father, with this living hope. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. We are really excited to uh, have so many visitors here today. And I want to explain this group of students that are walking in. This is our Signs and Songs Choir, and they have worked hard all year long, and this is their final performance at church for uh, this year. The, the young ladies and young men that are in the dark blue shirts are our junior high signers, and the light and high school, and the light blue shirts are our grade school signers, and they're led by Barbara Pastore.
Great job, signs and songs. Thank you for working hard this year. Any farmers that are out there today that were greatly offended by Jesus bringing the rain, Barb Pastore is who you need to talk to, okay? I did not pick that song out. Just kidding, just teasing. Beautiful, beautiful song. Grab your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 7. And if you didn't bring a Bible, that's okay. We have pew Bibles in front of you. You can find the beginning of this parable, this brief parable that we're going to look at on page 961 and page 962 of your pew Bible. A couple quick announcements I need to make. We'll have them up on the screen right after our service, about 1045 or so. We are going to be sharing the Next Steps Master Plan. For those of you that missed last week, if you want to see a 20, 25, 30-minute version of what we did last week, join us in the Family Life Center. Ken Klein and team are going to be leading us through that process. And next week, June 2 at 9.30, there'll be a question and answer interactive session in the Family Life Center. Anyone is welcome to come. Uh, The adult Sunday school classes will not be meeting next week, and we hope that if you have questions about next steps, you can come. If you didn't get a packet last week, we have packets available for you, and you can get those either this week in the Family Life Center or next week at 9.30. Uh, The weeks ahead, June 9's Commitment Sunday, June 16, Congregational Meetings, and Vacation Bible School is just around the corner. I think that date is three weeks from tomorrow. Hundreds of young people will be sitting in the sanctuary beginning Monday morning, June 17th. Allison, I'm going to ask you to slide all the way down to slide number 10. We're going to dive right in and look at 
the, the foolish man who built his house on the sand and the wise man who built his house upon the rock. This parable is at the end of the Sermon on the Mountain, and we don't really maybe think of this as a parable, but Jesus' most famous sermon, his longest sermon, the Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, much of the teaching that, that we as Christ followers in 2013 really glean, that we really try to put into practice, we throw out terms like, we are the salt of the earth, and we are the light of the world. We say things like, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. The Lord's prayer is in the Sermon on the Mountain, and Jesus ends this discourse with this very simple parable that maybe you learned growing up like I did in junior church. You know, the wise man built his house upon the rock. You may remember that? The wise, should we sing it together? No, we won't sing it together this morning. But we learned that parable that the wise man built his house upon the rock, and the foolish man built his house on the sand, and the rains came down, and what happened? The storms, or the storms came down, the rains came up, something along those lines. And the house on the rock, what happened? It stood firm. But the house on the, the sand, I loved this when I was a kid. It went smash. You get really excited about the smash that took place. Let's read this parable together. And then real quickly this morning, I want to give you some reflections on this parable and what I think we should try to take away from this ending parable in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When I read this parable, I see that there are similarities between the two characters in Jesus' story, the wise man and the foolish man. Well, first of all, both men, they heard the same message. They heard the same message. They understood what was going to unfold in their life. They're both in the process of building a house. Secondly, they're building the same thing. It's a house. The wise man decides to build his house on the rock. The foolish man decides to build his house on the sand. But they are undergoing the same project. They're undergoing the, 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 the same life experience. They're building a house. Has anybody in here ever built a house, literally built a house? Some of you, that's your career. But many of you, you grew up and you built a house. And that's quite an undertaking, isn't it? One of my best friends in this world, Eric Ewald, built a house for his family. It turned into a two and a half year adventure. He would call me up on Friday afternoons and say, hey, what are you doing? Would you want to hang some drywall? Well, of course. What else do you want to do on a Friday afternoon, right? You want to hang drywall. They're building a house. One more similarity, and this is huge. Both men faced the same obstacle, the storms of life. And I, I really want you to kind of key in on that that, that, that big idea of the storms of life, because I think Jesus is using this parable intentionally. He's trying to connect with his first century audience, but it's very, very relevant for us today, this, this idea of the storms of life. Nowhere in here do we find any kind of description that if, if one of the two men would have just prayed more, they wouldn't face the storms of life. Nowhere in here do we see anything along the lines of if they would have just given more money, 
Or if they would have just read the Hebrew scriptures more, they wouldn't face the storms of life. Both the wise man and the foolish man faced the storms of life. Now, there's differences between these two men. And the first difference is this. It's the difference between hearing and acting or simply hearing. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. It involves putting the words of Jesus into practice. That's what's playing out here. One put the words of Jesus into practice. The other simply heard the word. I I am a little bit afraid for many modern day Christ followers who are very good at hearing the word of God, maybe knowing the word of God, but not so passionate about putting the word into practice, putting the words of Jesus into practice. There's a a second difference, and that is the different building locations, building on the rock versus building on the sand. Now, it's really hard for us to even understand what Jesus is talking about because we don't live in the first century and we don't live in the Middle East. But in the first century, in the Middle East, many of the dwellings that were constructed where families would live were constructed with a, with a dried, kind of crusted, kind of almost mud in many ways. And, and it was very, I don't want to say it was easy to put it up. It's never easy to build a house. But it didn't take someone two and a half years to, to put such a dwelling into a location. And many times, the, the easy way out would be to build very close to the water. Hence, the sand. The idea being, we don't have to go as far to get to the water. It it was a more convenient location. But those first century builders that were serious about their dwellings, they would find a much more stable and secure location. And they would make sure that that, that when a storm would come, something that that could potentially be uh, of great harm to them, they would have a foundation that was safe and was secure. And so the two men choose different locations. And then you can't miss it here. It's right in the text. There's a different description. Jesus describes one of the men as very wise. And he says the other one is very foolish. The wise man finds a safe and secure and sturdy location. The foolish man takes the the easy way out. Maybe the cheap way out. Maybe the more convenient way out. Well, you may be saying, what's that got to do with me in 2013? How does this impact my world and my life today? I think there's three lessons that I want us to to take away this morning as we look at this parable. And number one is this. The storms of life, they are inevitable. You will face the storms of life. I don't care how much money you have or how much money you don't have. I don't care how crystal clean your, your family history might be. Or how jaded it might be. The storms of life will visit you. I spent this week at Moody Bible Institute in downtown Chicago. I love to visit downtown Chicago for about one week. I'm ready to come home by Friday. But ha- had a great time. And every morning I kind of have a ritual. I get up and I go walking. And on Friday morning I knew I was catching a train in just a couple hours. And I decided to make my way north to Lincoln Park. And decided that I would walk on, on, on the Lakeshore path. Not Lakeshore Drive. I'd get hit by a car. But on, on the path on Lakeshore. And that day the winds were out of the east. It was about 45 degrees. And we had about 20 
mile-an-hour winds out of the east. And I saw white caps on Lake Michigan like I've never seen them before. Now, I've been to, to Lake Michigan many times in Chicago. Peyton and I have been up there. The kids and Marlon and I have been up there. We love to go to the Oak Street Beach and kind of wade out for a couple minutes in just that pristine Lake Michigan. Maybe it's not quite that pristine, but in, in my mind, I think it's pristine. But as I looked out there, I thought, I wouldn't go in that water for all the money in the world. I'd be risking my life. I'd be facing a storm of life. And yet every person in this world will face a storm of life. It's kind of depressing. It's kind of discouraging. But here's the second takeaway I want to give you. The storms of life, they don't have to destroy you. The storms of life don't have to destroy us. For some of you, the reason you're here today is not because you're a regular attender here. You got a letter from Kent Hickerson. Because it's Remembrance Sunday. Because someone really close to you passed away this year and i've visited with some of you and and that was a storm of life for you that was a discouraging time i've heard through your tears how hard this year has been i'm here to tell you today the storms of life do not have to destroy us we can overcome the storms of life and that's number three the ability to overcome the storms of life i believe is found in obedience to Jesus Christ. The ability to overcome the storms of life is found in obedience to Jesus Christ. And that, that's a life lesson that I'm still learning. That's a life lesson that many of you are still learning. When things happen and they don't make sense and we don't understand it and we say, God, why me? Why is this unfolding? The ability to overcome that storm of life is found in obedience to Jesus. And I want to just throw this out to you. Whoever you are, if you're still kind of in that fog because of this storm of life that you're facing, I want to just challenge you. Summer of 2013, be in God's word. We'd love to have you join us here. There's a lot of awesome churches in Clinton and DeWitt County. I know some of you have drove several miles to be here. Find a place where God's word is preached, where the Bible is read. And, and just that start alone will help you begin to better understand how to overcome a storm of life, how to live in obedience to Jesus Christ. What's the most important part of new home construction? I would make the case as someone that's never built a house, a solid and firm foundation. If you have a solid and a firm foundation, you're probably going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, someone might, might mess up a shingle. That, that can be replaced. Someone might mess up the siding. That, that, that can be fixed. But if you mess up the foundation, you're looking at a, just an incredible process to fix that, that solid and firm foundation. And so let's bring that to the spiritual realm. Are you building your house, your spiritual house, on the rock of Jesus Christ? Are you building your house on the rock? There's so many different options that are out there for us. And so many are appealing and they're, in, they're enticing and they, they can seem for a moment to be invigorating. If you're not building your house, on the rock of Jesus Christ, you're going to find yourself sinking in sand.
I love to sing the hymns. I love contemporary worship. I, I, I love it all. If it's praising Jesus, I want to do it. And the, the hymn that just all week long just kept rolling through my mind is simply entitled, many of you will know it, The Solid Rock. I love that. It goes like this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Sing with me. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Stand with me one more time. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. And thank you for this this look at this parable of Jesus that seems so simple. And yet living it in our lives can be so difficult. And so, Father, when we face storms of life, when we face discouraging times, help us to realize that the answer isn't found in worldly gems. It's not found in worldly wisdom. It's not found in cute programs, but it's found in you. Father, my prayer today is that we can be a people who can sing with passion and with priority on Jesus Christ, the solid rock I stand. We love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. It is invitation time as it is every Sunday here at our church.